Wait a minute, I hear something. And welcome back to Dr. Movie, episode 200. I never thought I could do 200 of anything in my life, but here we are celebrating the 200th episode of Dr. Movie. And uh, wow, uh, what can be said about the movie for today? Um, this is at my always number two movie of all time even though just just like weird stuff uh, you know I have three movies that are in the first two spots <laughs> uh, my first favorite movie of all time is Superman the movie and Phantom of the Paradise those are my two favorite movies and then Jaws is next I go back and forth on one and two or the number ones because I don't know. Sometimes I like this one better. Sometimes I like that one better. But they're both my number ones. Um, but there's no denying the absolute mastery movie making that is Jaws. Um, and let's just say in the world that I'm in, in the podcasting world, I'm, I'm on a horror network, right? Pretty much everybody does horror movies. Um, I kind of I rock the boat a little bit. Ha <laughs> ha! Uh, when it comes to that, because I don't care. I want to cover what I want to carry, cover. But, you know, in this movie, if you look at Jaws, 1975 adventure thriller, doesn't say it's a horror movie. However, Jaws has caused more people to be scared of the water than any other movie in history. So, I don't know. I know this is one of those controversial things or it's not a horror movie. It is a horror movie. Here's what a horror movie is. Anything you're scared of, it makes you horrified. That's what horror is. It's different to different people. Jaws is 100% a horror movie because I will even tell you, as a kid, this is how this movie affected me. Uh, I would look over my bed to make sure that the bed wasn't in water. <laughs> That's how scary Jaws was. Uh, it's a definite generational thing, right? Jaws came out when I was five years old, so by the time I was seven, eight, nine, it was on regular TV, which was scary enough. That's when I got to see it. Finally got to see it uncut on HBO in 1980. Still scared me, right? Um, yeah. What can you say about this movie? Well, let's see what other people say about this movie. Um... We know this is made by the incredible Steven Spielberg. Uh, definitely one of his one of his high points. The book written by Peter Benchley. I mean, this thing is iconic, right? Uh, I was looking at, you know, it says uh, it was on a budget of seven million dollars. Uh, then it says nine million dollars U.S. dollars. Huh? I don't know what that means. I don't. I think it did better than that, but. Uh, come on, man. It, it won all kinds of awards. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even know where to start. It's just one of my favorite movies. Uh, let's see what other people have to say about it, right? Okay. Re, uh, why to watch? Uh, ominous, vicious, and thrilling. Yeah. Every bit of that. 
And let's let's just talk about good storytelling. How about the dialogue in this too? I mean, come on, man, it's fantastic. Okay, obviously somebody's uh, pulling our leg here on Reddit. <laughs> A very underrated '80s comedy. Great cast, some truly hysterical one-liners and quotes. Uh, yeah, okay. This one makes more sense. A masterpiece, a sequel. Uh, the sequel happened. That's all they had to say, but the sequels happened. Uh, th- this movie stands alone. Yeah, I kind of have to agree with that. It's a high-wire act throughout, mixing last the jump scares and genuine elements of shock and horror. Uh, it's a pretty good mix of stuff. A true mark of greatness in a motion picture that is rewatchability. And this film is as great now as it was then. That I 100% agree with. Um, it, it's funny because it has a 70s aesthetic to it, obviously, because that's when it's made. But being that it's in a world that most of us are not used to, living you know in, a, in an area like this, like an islander or whatever you want to call these folks here, that's very uncommon for us. So the clothing and stuff most of the stuff they're wearing is stuff they still wear now when they're doing these this kind of work you know if you watch the you know greatest catch or you know all those kind of things that it, it hasn't really changed <clears throat> some of the technology changed for sure uh i mean do i really have to go through the cast i mean come on roy schneider right i mean it's, it's roy schneider right blue thunder uh I mean, what can you say? I mean, the guys at all that jazz. I mean, uh, just a ton of stuff, man. Uh, French Connection, uh, Jaws 2, Marathon Man. I mean, it goes on and on, right? Richard Dreyfus. Do I have to explain who Richard Dreyfus is? Uh, not to mention the movie he kind of follows this up with, with uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Another iconic film, great film, Spielberg film. We got the great Robert Shaw as Quint in this movie. Can you really go wrong with Robert Shaw in anything? Uh, By the way, I don't know this is on my list, but I need to cover it. But if you haven't seen the movie called Black Sunday, you need to check that out. Uh, Robert Shaw saves the Super Bowl. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. So, yeah. Uh, what can you say about this movie that hasn't already been said? Totally iconic. Uh, Builds suspense really like no other movie. And we all hear the legends of, you know, the reason that the movie ends up being more powerful than originally thought was because the shark didn't work. A big mechanical shark that they built. It's kind of like the plunders that they had with uh, the King Kong movie, right? Where they built the big giant hydraulic ape that really didn't work and you only get like two shots of it in the whole movie and you can tell it's just like a big blown up balloon that has very limited motion right same deal here right we built a shark that can that's on a riser that you can twist and turn different directions and operate the mouth and that's the extent of it and for the most of the movie it didn't work so they had to get creative, right? And make the, the shark be there without it being there. And the creativity 
of that. And it really harkens back to the old 50s horror movies, right? Same deal, where you wouldn't see the monster or the creature or whatever it was till towards the end. This movie does a little, a little opposite. You actually see it about halfway through. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't change the fact that the opening scene is just brutal and you never see a thing. And you have to give credit to the lady that's out there doing the acting, right? I mean, they basically had her tied to two ropes and pulling her across like in a big tug of war and just yanking her back and forth and to look like the shark has her from underneath and just playing with her, really. And her screams and everything, it's just, it's its incredible, right? So this leads to a missing person report. This leads to them you know, combing the beach and finding the remains. And Sheriff Brody thinks for sure that it's some sort of shark attack, right? But to be sure, he wants to call in a professional. He calls in Hooper, Matt Hooper. Um, and from this point on, more and more accidents start happening. Uh, you know, the Kittner kid gets killed. Um, you know, all these iconic scenes, right? <laughs> you know, and deciding that somebody needs to go out and, and put a stop to all this. Now, the, the scene where it really turns around for me, of course, they, they you know, you get the bounty that gets put out and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and all of your shark hunters, right, uh, that start going out and chasing the shark. It's all just brilliant, every bit of it. Um, but the, the scene in the pond, this is my go-to scene in the movie. You know, Brody won't let his kids go out except in the pond because he feels like that's the safe area. And that's when you get the, the double take, right? Where you got the fin that comes by the people. And again, the music plays such a role in this movie. It is the shark. And that's the thing where it fools you too because you see this fin coming by and you see people reacting, but there's no music. And after everybody panics and people get hurt trying to run out of the, out of the, out of the, the, the ocean, then when the you know when the 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 fin flips over and you find out it's the two kids that are just playing a prank there was no music you know it just it, it gives you that sign of up oh, you know what it wasn't them because it was there all along the music was not there it lets you know it was not the shark and while that's going on um this is on the fourth of july weekend too it's happening so place is absolutely packed even though they've had these instances, uh, people still showed up anyways because, you know, we're dumb humans. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the scene in the pond, man, you know, uh, a young lady standing on the beach sees the fins coming through in the pond, starts yelling shark. Everybody's like, oh, no, not again. Here's another fake. And Brody, knowing that his son's over there, decides he gets more and more worried as he thinks about it. And he takes off running. And there's a, a, a man that's trying to help uh, Brody's kid get his sail up so they can, you know, at least get moving around. And you see the, the fin coming straight toward his, his little boat. And when he knocks his boat over and the, bo- and the guy falls out, there's a scene <laughs> where the shark is underneath the water coming at this guy sideways. 
So his, uh, like the side of his face is facing up the water, and you're you're doing a POV shot down, and you see the scale of this thing for the first time, and it's underwater. It's one of the most horrific things I've ever seen on film. And it doesn't do anything. It's just the fact of it showing you the scale and this silent killer underneath the water is just mind-blowing. And then obviously it gets the guy, it pulls him down, and then it comes up and takes a big chomp, and that's where we get the leg that floats down to the bottom of the water. I mean, to me, that's, that's the shot, right? Um, of course, you can talk about Brody. At the, I mean, not Brody, but uh, uh, Quint at the end, right? The 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 big scene there. But I don't know, man. Uh, even though that is super intense, there's something about this scene right here that is so well done and so impactful. Um, it's worth the wait. It is worth the wait to get through the rest of the movie of not seeing the shark. To see it presented for the first time this way is just amazing. Now, a lot of things can be said, right? Look at how many times we've heard the rumors of them remaking Jaws. They're going to remake Jaws. They're going to remake Jaws. They're going to remake Jaws. I call baloney. I mean, I know eventually it'll happen. But there is absolutely no sense in remaking this movie whatsoever. It's pretty much perfect. Yes, it's the 70s. Yes, it's got some some 70s audio issues, right? Where the audio's real flat. But that's just that's just kind of how they rolled uh, in these kind of movies. You got to remember, this was not considered a highbrow movie. This is still technically a low-budget idea, right? Um, they, yeah, they pumped money into it and had to pump more into it as they went along because the shark wasn't working. Um, I say low budget. It's $4 million in 1974. That's that's quite a bit. But uh, the uh, the impact this movie has had is just unreal. I, again, I, I'm, I'm kind of at a loss for words of what to actually say about this movie. Um, you can almost take this movie and break it down in chunks and just talk about the greatness from scene to scene. Uh, the performances are through the roof. Here's the thing about this movie. You could leave the shark completely out of it. And the combination of, of Schneider, Dreyfus, and Shaw together, it's just lightning in a bottle. The, the, you know, the, the acting these three guys do together is just so top-notch. The, the chemistry is so great. It carries this movie. And... Who doesn't love to hate the mayor? We didn't even bring him up, did we? Nope, we didn't. Um, Martin uh, Murray Hamilton, Hamilton uh, Larry Vaughn, Mayor Larry Vaughn, right? Yeah, I mean, the ultimate bad guy here, right? He's the guy that don't want to turn away uh, the money that's going to, you know, save this little town, right? I mean, that's his job is to make sure the income is coming in and... Uh, you know, 4th of July, is the weekend is the weekend that it happens, right? So even though uh, this shark is going around terrorizing people, killing people every day, pretty much, still turns a blind eye to it till 
the reality sets in when his kid is in danger that he finally decides that, yeah, we need to sign this contract to hire, you know, people to go out and, and, and try to take care of this situation, right? And that's where Quint steps in. Everybody knows him in town. He is the shark hunter. That's what he does. So, uh, you know, perfect setup for all that. Um, going back to talk about the book a little bit. I did, I did an audio book of this. Because, again, I drive. I don't, you know, it's hard for me to read and drive at the same time. As you can tell when I'm trying to read synopsis to you. Um, which this movie needs no synopsis. It's just, it's greatness. It's greatness on film. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of differences. Uh, there's a lot of character descriptions that are different. It's pretty interesting to hear it. Um, and you find out that in the book that... Uh, the sheriff's wife and Matt Hooper end up having a little, a little fling going on. Uh, so that that causes a whole different type of tension in the movie that's not in, that's not in there originally or not in the movie, anyways. Um, Benchley has always regretted writing this book, and it become the phenomenon that it is because it did cause people to go out and start killing sharks because this movie just put an end to, you know. Uh, everybody's now afraid of going into the water. Absolutely. To this day, I still won't go out in the ocean very far, which is stupid, you know, because, you know, if sharks are going to attack you, it's going to be in the shallower water, right? Because they know that's where the seals and stuff like that is. So, silly me, you know, I think I think of you thinking that you get your feet on the ground, you still got a chance to get away, even though this thing can swim at, what is it? 20 miles an hour probably even faster um yeah we're we're dumb we're stupid uh and you know come on let's let's be realistic we still see shark attacks a lot and we know that the majority of them is because they just misidentify people as food because apparently we taste bad because they don't like to eat us it's just one of those things but it's forever put that fear in my heart of, you know, the way I don't want to go <laughs> is being eaten by something. Uh, so, with that being said, now there is levels of that as well. Because I'd rather be eaten, be eaten by something large than by a group of something small. In other words, I think I'd rather be chomped on by a shark than uh, be eaten by a pack of dogs. So, uh, just saying. One or two bites, hopefully you're done with the shark. With the dog, that could be a long, drawn-out process. Don't want none of that. But it does not change the fact of childhood fears. Um, you know, we don't live near an ocean, so we have a lot of lakes and stuff like that. And there's always that unknown fear of what's out there, right? Because, especially in lakes, because you can't see squat in the lake, right? It's dirty water. So... Even if it's a 200-pound catfish down there nibbling at your toes, that's still enough to make you go, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about this. Um, I will tell you a little story. It has nothing to do with this movie. But talking about the murky water, um, my dad used to have a boat. We'd go out to the lake uh, every weekend, every other weekend, something like that. One time we were out there, and I stepped on a busted mason jar, I'm, I'm assuming. It was glass. I couldn't see it in the water 
and sliced my foot really bad. Had to go get stitches, all that kind of stuff. So it's that thing again of you don't know what's down there. And uh, that was a that was a bad time. And uh, so that just adds more uh, insult to injury, I guess, of the fact of something could be there and you never even know it, which is, again, what horror is, right? It's the thing that makes you afraid to turn off the light switch and walk across the room in the dark, right? It's no different than that, not being able to see what's underneath you in the water or around you. Same fear, folks. That's horror. I'm sorry. It just is. It may not be hard to you because we don't have a shark running around with a machete in his hand killing people and going, ch 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 I mean, you know, again, horror is different things to different people. If it makes you think twice about what you're doing, it's horror. It's pretty much that simple. To some people, it's spiders. Some people, it's snakes. Not a big fan of snakes either. Um, you know, it's a lot of things to a lot of people. But, anywho... Uh, if, and if, if by some reason you've never watched Jaws, you got to stop whatever you're doing and watch this movie because I'm telling you, it is 100% bonafide American classic. Um, there's tons of imitators, but there's nothing like this original movie. And as far as remaking it, it'll be a sad day when it happens. Sure, they can make the shark look better. Whoopity do. But can you make people believe it? Can you make people feel these characters? Because you go through, you know, what Brody is going through. Brody has had an accident and he's afraid of the water. And here's the, you know, he's one of the guys out trying to hunt down this shark because he's the sheriff, right? He has to do the right thing, even though he is absolutely terrified of what he's got to do. So, I don't know, man. I I, I just... You're, you're not going to top this movie. I've always thought about, you know, what if they went back and just... And I know it's kind of blasphemous, but they could release a special edition of Jaws just to up the effects a little bit. Do a little CGI over the shark a little bit. Give it maybe a little more expressions on things. I don't want it like doing somersaults coming out of the water or anything like that. Just, you know, a little more motion to the robotic face that you see from time to time. And again, I'm totally fine with it like it is. I'm just saying if you ever decided that it needed to be remade, that's the only thing that I think you could do to bring it up to a modern audience. The rest of the movie is absolute perfection. We are fooling ourselves thinking that you can make this movie better. And Hollywood knows it. It's just a cash cash grab, right? I mean, how else do we get Jaws 2, 3, and 4, and Sharknado, and all these other things without them knowing that it's because of Jaws that these things are even palpable for anybody else? Hey, I just used a big word that I normally don't use. Uh, (laughs) um, Again, uh, you want me to give it a rating? Okay. It's a 10 out of (laughs) 5. It's just one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, you're doing yourself a disservice if you've never seen this movie. You don't have to like sharks. You don't have to like boats. Heck, you don't even have to like people to like this movie. And it really is great storytelling. That's what people forget about this movie. 
It's not always about the shark. Yes, it's the roller coaster ride with that kind of stuff, but it's the storytelling that is absolutely compelling in this movie and makes this such an awesome flick for all time. It's a it's an all-time classic. You take any one element out of this and the movie is not there. You can't make this without the cast that we have. It's it's perfect casting the whole way around. You got a brilliant young director who's on fire, who's trying to make his way and he shows us what's the future what the future of movie making is going to look like with this movie. And it it really kind of changed everything. So uh, there you go. Your first blockbuster movie. Uh, That's where the term came from. It kind of started with this movie. And uh, I'm absolutely 100% a fan, and you should be too. So let me know your thoughts on Jaws. Surely you love this movie. If you don't, then we we need to have a little talk. (laughs) Uh, You may have to go swimming with some concrete shoes. Uh, (laughs) Just kidding. It's not for everybody. No movie is. And I get it if, if you're not interested, but if you really just don't have the shark idea in your mind and watch it as a movie of a, a story of a sheriff who has to overcome an incredible obstacle uh, to protect his family, protect his town, this is an awesome, awesome film. Uh, one of the best. Absolute best. Uh, that's it for this one, folks. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Uh, I love hearing your comments, your questions, uh, your hate mail. <laughs> I love, uh, which I, I get some, believe it or not. Yeah, I do. That's fine. That's cool. I got it. Uh, it just means I'm, I'm, I'm getting out there, right? It's not hate mail. It's just kind of, you know, you know, I can rub people the wrong way if I don't agree on a certain movie. But you know what? Make your own show. I did it. You can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. And you can probably do it better because, uh, you know, I'm just a dude. So, (laughs) all right, folks, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all your support. Love all of you. And uh, here's here's to 200 more. We will check you later.